Welcome back to the Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your host, John Masonbrink. I'm here with my co-host, Tim Ward. Tim, Tim, season two has begun. Aren't you excited? Happy New Year. Yes, it's uh, looking forward to season two. Season one was a lot of fun. Our new venture into podcasting, uh, both ours and then Eric and Andy with theirs on the uh, the other team. But yeah, looking forward to season two. How's the New Year been for you so far? <sighs> Still living the COVID dream, Tim. <laughs> I saw that your son's built a gaming platform in the basement that looks like next thing you know, he's going to be George Lucas developing films in Star Wars or something. I don't know. I guess, man. I didn't help him at all, but he just said, uh, you know, he watched a couple YouTube videos and now he knows how to put computers together. So think back to 40 years ago, what we could have done if we'd had YouTube. Yeah, Pong. We could put Pong games together. (laughs) We had Pong. Big blobs of graphics going across the uh, TV in the front room. Atari. So, Tim, I can't be more excited, or maybe I could, excited to introduce Bob Hot Rod Roar and his son, Max. How are you guys doing today? Hey, glad doing to be great. here. This is exciting. Yeah, for the podcast. Hot mm-hmm. Rod's first podcast? Yep. Now, Max, uh, you've done you've done these. You're your old hat at this. Yep. Yeah, I think I've done uh I've done four thousand podcasts in <laughs> the last couple months. We'll, we'll try not to make you fall asleep then. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So a quick story. When I first started in the plumbing and heating trade, when I first started in in, in the trade as a writer, basically my first day is, uh, you know, I go up into my office and they're like, okay, you know, get to work. And I'm like, Oh boy, I didn't have any background in plumbing or heating or anything like that. And I was just kind of reading some of the back issues of the magazine. And I just went on the email and looked at the former editor's correspondence with people. And I saw a name and it said hot rod roar. (laughs) And I'm like, Hmm, I'm going to reach out to this guy and kind of introduce myself and see if, uh, you know, we can form a bond or he can help out with some of the the magazine. And I called him that day and he was just the utmost professional, uh, you know, helped me out throughout my career in the trades and uh, just been a good friend along the way. So just that quick story to you, Hot Rod. Thank you so much for, for being there for me. I appreciate well, that. No problem. I don't know what year that was, but I'd probably feel old if I ask you to put a number on that. <laughs> no, it was about 20, 2003, so maybe yeah. almost 20 years ago. So, Yikes. Oh, Time flies. Yeah. yeah, but you know, recently, and we can't go to AHR, but last AHR, you were the recipient of the Carlson Hollihan Award. There you go. And when we were all there at that event, you looked. I don't know. Almost choked up about it. Can you kind of describe the feeling that you you got when uh, or you had when when you received that award? Yeah, and what was uh, interesting and uh, exciting about that is that they kept it a secret. I really didn't have any. I should have known when you know my whole team walked over to that event with me that night. I said, oh, "That's odd. They usually go out drinking or something like that." But what the heck? They're all coming along for something to do. But yeah, I mean, just standing up there with all those other people that had been the previous recipients. I mean, just thinking back, like I said, over the years and how many people have helped me along my career and stuff like that, including a lot of the people that were on that uh, stage, if you will, at that event. Just it, yeah, it was just hard to come up with. Uh, you know, the right words to express your gratitude, especially when you're put on the spot like that. You know, I'm not a public speaker per se. So oh, I'll say something, say something. And it just, yeah, I just, I, you know, I just kind of yeah. kind of choked up a little bit there. Just uh, it was a little overwhelming for me. And that, you know, that's, I guess, the big prize in our industry. If, uh, if there, you know, is a prize for 
accomplishments and stuff like that. I think that's certainly up there. And uh, I'm, yeah, delighted to have it. I just wish, you know, unfortunately, with the COVID time, I haven't been able to take it out and show it off. That was part of the deal is you take that wheel along everywhere you go yeah. and, and do a little story and talk about it. And here it is sitting on my shelf getting getting dusty. So, yeah, it's um, like the it's like the Stanley Cup. You got to like have people kiss it and drink beer off of it. And but yes. I guess you can't do that this year. Haven't been able to yet. I don't know if I will before. What's it two years? I got to give it back next year. So hopefully we got a little bit of uh, mileage I can get out of it. We'll see. But you know, you've dedicated your life, basically your adult life, to you know the plumbing and heating and hydronics industry. And for people that don't know, Hot Rod is the training and education manager uh, at Kalefi North America, and you've been doing that for quite some time now. And now your son joins you at Kalefi. So how is that? I know it's been relatively recent, but how is that gone and what's that dynamic like? Yeah, I mean, from my viewpoint, I mean, it's great. You know, we kind of um, have been working together for years since uh, pretty much day one with Max. You know, I was putting wrenches and tools in front of him and taking him out on motorcycles when he was, gosh, a couple years old. I had him on the motorcycle, so I've been trying to get him, you know, excited about the uh, mechanical trades and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you never know. I'm, I'm not one to push somebody in a certain direction, but you just expose him to a lot of things, and he's kind of made the full circle here. I'll let him talk a little bit more about how it, how it's evolved to, to where he ended up. But, yeah, it's, it was really nice when the opportunity came for him to, to you know, move in with the Cluffy group here in North America and, um, you know, show off what he's learned over the years. So, um, you know, that's how I see it. It was a great, um, it was a great day when I learned that he was accepted for that position. And, uh, yeah, Max, I mean, you, um, started out of college at Cluffy, did your internship there and then moved on to different things. And now you're like full circle. You're back with the family. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I guess I would describe it as a, a really toxic work environment that <laughs> that uh -oh. I don't enjoy at all. No, I'm just kidding. I've, I've loved it, and it's been really fun. I mean, I've known some of the other people at, at Kalefi North America for uh, about a decade and worked with them right out of college. So that's been a nice full circle thing. But yeah, it's it's a cool opportunity to get paid to, you know, continue to tinker in the shop with my dad, like I've done kind of forever. So that is uh, a rare thing that was definitely hard to pass up because I, I really liked my last job uh, at right now, but uh, this was just something that uh, was a pretty cool thing, I think in the industry and just, you know, professionally and personally to be able to come back to Kalefi North America and yeah, work with Cody and my dad and uh, Kevin, the other guys that do the majority of the training. So it's been, it's been really fun. And it doesn't hurt that the global headquarters is in Italy and you get to visit them every <laughs> once in a while. So. Yeah, it could be, it could be worse. Definitely. So yeah, looking forward to the day when we can get back over there. I guess they're clamped down tight again right now, but um, hopefully this passes with time and we can go over there and uh, share a glass of wine together someday. Bob, it's easy to see and understand how Max got into the industry, kind of following in your footsteps. What brought you into the industry? You know, I wonder if there's a statistic on this, Tim, but I would say, what, maybe 50% of the people that are in the trades and the plumbing trades specifically uh, started in the family business. And that was the case for me. My dad was a plumbing and uh, heating guy up in uh, upstate New York or 
actually Buffalo, New York area, Orchard Park, home of the Buffalo Bills, by mm-hmm. the way, um, is kind of where I started. And, and similar to Max, you know, my dad would take me along. But the thing that my dad did that was always uh, interesting, he's always, he would take me along, gosh, maybe at age 12 or something like that. I started going to work with my dad, you know, in summers when I was out of school and stuff like that. But he'd always take me to jobs where there was some fun involved, like a new construction job. Where we knew there was a pile of dirt in the backyard that I could take my buddy L trucks along and play with them or, you know, a, a troubleshooting call where he knew there was kids at that house that I could hang out with while he was in the basement working on stuff. So he always made it fun and made it interesting. And I don't know, I guess it's kind of like a Michael Jordan. Some people are just attracted to that and, and get good at, you know, working with tools and working with their hands. And that's, that's their niche in life. And that's how it worked for me. I, I mean, I went through high school, barely. <laughs> I got an industrial arts award, which I spent on a motorcycle instead of an edu- higher education. But um, that's kind of where it started. And that's what I would encourage other people that, you know, if you have a son or a daughter, even in interested that you know start taking along to work i think that's how we spread this along and that's how it that's kind of how it evolved for me wow so hot rod how did you get that nickname is it a family nickname or how did you get that yeah so right out of high school i actually graduated from high school at age 17 because i started early because i was born in november november 1st all saints day by the way if you want to say a prayer for me on that day john (laughs) okay and uh there was this company that worked out of my hometown, Orchard Park, New York, called the, called the American Thrill Show. And they would go around to different fairs, uh, you know, mostly in the eastern side of the U.S. doing, uh, oh, driving cars off of ramps and through flaming walls and stuff like that. And, and I was out riding my motorcycle out, just out in the fields. We were in the rural farming community where I lived. Back in those days, it was a farming community. And uh, I ran across this guy out there doing wheelies and stuff on a little Hodaka motorcycle. And we just stopped and started talking. He said, oh, yeah, I work for the American Thrill Show. I do, you know, motorcycle stunts and stuff for the show. And he invited me to go live. So you want to go along some weekend? We're doing a show not far from here. And so I rode along with the team. You know, we had trailers that we lived in and a transport and a semi-truck that carried all the ramps. And so I, I just went along for the ride one weekend and got offered a job. So I ended up that summer uh, working for the American Thrill Show, doing stunts all over the, the East Coast on motorcycles and cars and stuff like that. And I guess it was my neighbor friend, my best friend down the street, Yox, by the way, Y-O-X, like the Dr. Seuss character, kind of gave me that nickname Hot Rod. And here I am, what, 50 years later, whatever that is, and uh, it's still kind of follows me around but it could be worse you know there's other nicknames that you might not uh, like to carry through life but this one has has served me pretty well i'm trying to picture this so you did you have a helmet and like a cape like dangerous dave or evil knievel or what was your get up cigarette hanging out one side of the mouth or something yeah now we're going back a few years we're talking you know the 70s here so there wasn't a lot of safety protocol back in those days i don't even think we had flame retardant we had like white coveralls with like you know embroidered patches of all the different sponsors dunlop tire Cragger mag different sponsors that we had and you just yeah we did have a helmet and you just buckle yourself into one of these cars and just rock it down the you know, the stretch of the, um, the fairgrounds or whatever you happen to be and just go off the ramps or I drove the motorcycle through a flaming board wall and just, you know, it's crazy when you look back at it. And actually it wasn't until the very last event, the mid Ohio fair in Ohio that uh, my parents actually came and learned what I was doing. And that uh, didn't go over so well, but, um, no, it was fun. It wasn't, you know, it's something that I, it was just spontaneous that I said yes to this, you know, job and, and worked in, uh, yeah, it was fun. And that show actually, we filmed two James Bond movies, uh, the oh. American thrill show. And so it, uh, I got exposed to the world, I guess, through that job and traveling and I had the travel bug bug ever since that, that so job probably put me on that. You're originally from the Buffalo area. Yep. Born in uh, mercy hospital in Buffalo, New York. So then, you know, your family is very, you know, 
entrenched or in, you know ingrained in the industry, Ellen, mm-hmm. your wife. Yeah. Uh, the story is that you met her in a restaurant in Utah. Is that right? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I was. Uh, we were doing. Uh, we had the contract to do uh, building maintenance for this one uh, resort property in Park City, Utah. And uh, part of the deal that we cut is there was a restaurant on the property. We said, well, you know, we want one meal a day as part of our deal in this contract. So once a day, we could go over the Grub Steak Restaurant and have uh, a meal, a dinner, a lunch, whatever we chose. And that was just part of the deal. And uh, Ellen happened to be on a college break. Uh, she was going to school in San Diego at the time, and uh, she was working at that restaurant for the um, uh, for the summer, I guess it was. And so we'd go in there, and uh, you know, I, I caught my eye early on. And then one of the things that happened is. Uh, so when we uh, we would have this meal, this dinner, whatever, we would just get a hotel voucher and we would just sign the name on the bottom and it would just go on the charge account. And so I would usually just put a little picture of a hot rod. I would draw a little car on there instead of signing my name because everybody at the accounting and the desk knew me by hot rod. So I put that on there and we got up and we walked out. And Ellen thought that we had uh, dined and dashed on her because there was no money, no check or anything. Like that. So she comes <laughs> running out the door after us trying to get the money. Didn't She didn't get the uh, message that we were that we had a you know an account that we could just sign off our meal so that's kind of where it where it started and then she went back to school and i went off to montana for a while so we kind of drifted apart and then i got back together and then started the the company in 1978 i guess it was in park city uh hot rod yachts plumbing heating and solar which is still going to this day by the way we sold it to our employees when we moved and uh i know they've still got a website and they're still uh carrying on that name oddly enough well interestingly Max is actually moved from well the DC area and he's moved to Utah and then you you and Ellen are going to be moving soon whenever your house closes and you get that deal done mm-hmm. and it's kind of again almost full circle that you'll be back in Utah. Max, why don't you talk about, you know, with uh you're starting a new family, you have a brand new daughter. Talk about this kind of new experience for you and, you know, living in Utah now. Yeah, it's been a, a wild uh, 10 months since Luca was born, my daughter. Um, so the day that I was supposed to go back to work, you know, in person in an office was when Ray House said, okay, everybody work from home until further notice. So that's been kind of her entire uh, life, which is odd. So she has seen a lot of the, the two of us, uh, Jules, my wife and I. Um, but it also was just kind of a, a nice timing moment to reassess. And um, just I had talked to uh, Roger, my boss at Kalefi, um, and he mentioned the training opportunity. And it just seemed like kind of a good transition point. Um, and uh, I had always kind of thought that that would be a very hard job to, to pass up on to be able to go back to work with Kalefi and work with that great training team and marketing team. Uh, so that made for a nice, uh, a nice kind of moment to say, okay, well, we're going to make a big move on top of this in the middle of the pandemic. So we stopped over, uh, at my parents' house in Missouri for a little bit and then bought a house in, in Utah, uh, cause that's kind of the, the place that I've always loved and wanted to move back, uh, to Salt Lake. I went to school out here to the university of Utah and, oh, that's uh, right. just, just no uh, Utes. Yes. Utah man. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just really kind of uh, fingers crossed that we haven't gotten sick or anything like that. But it's been a, a pretty exciting and pretty uh, incredible, you know, 12 months to now be here in Utah and have my parents moving out. And we've got some other family here. So really fun. Max, I'm curious, when you got in the industry, obviously, you followed in your dad's footsteps, kind of. But I'm curious, how long were you in the industry before you woke up and said, wow, my parents are 
kind of influential rock stars in this industry? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I had been dragged onto uh, stage at like my mom's presentations or whatever enough times to like get that uh, that people liked hearing both of my parents talk at an, an earlier age. I think that the kind of the transition uh, in some sense was it wasn't until I went to college uh, and then decided that I didn't really, I had some intent to go into dental school and then hospital administration. Uh, I think it was at that point that I realized that I really kind of missed the crowd and missed the industry Mm -hmm. until then it was like the, you know, my parents would go do presentations and things like that. But I don't know that I had the the passion that I do now about plumbing and heating. I think that I always respected it as the family business and things like that, but it wasn't something that I just like thought I was absolutely destined to be in the the plumbing, heating, solar uh, industry. Uh, and then after college, I realized like, oh, I actually really independently like that. I really love the industry. I miss the the people, the companies, the trade shows. Uh, so I kind of came back to it with uh, a fresh energy and kind of uh, on my own volition, which I think was nice. Not that like my dad said, I never felt like that I was being dragged into the family business or anything like that. But I think it was at that point that I kind of put the the pieces together. And I think that that's probably the case for a lot of people in our industry, younger people that uh, maybe in high school, you have a different, you know, view of what your parents do than you do later in life and kind of uh, can see it through, uh, you know, a different lens, which is is definitely what I did and um, have never looked back. I really enjoy what I do. That might be another good project someday, Tim, is to get the statistics on how many people in our industry have a degree in something completely unrelated to the plumbing and heating industry. They're, you know, law degree or they're, you know, they went to college for something completely different. I know that was the case when uh, I worked at a ski resort for a while out of high school, too, and uh, everybody there had a degree in something that had nothing to do with working in the resorts or the hotels. So. Wait, are, you guys, are you guys telling me that you don't also have degrees in behavioral science and health? <laughs> minor? <laughs> I thought that that was a requirement for this podcast. Uh, Tim's got two two degrees: political science and political science and journalism. Oh, okay. So you're in your field. He's got a big brain on that. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> My wife can vouch for that. I wanted to ask, you know, Hot Rod is part of your, for lack of a better word, duties at Calefi as you travel around to different um, wholesalers and different places and train and give classes. Is that something that you see Max joining you on or is, is Max, are you doing something completely different with Kalefi? Well, I mean, right now we, we're all hoping we get back on the road. You know, it's been, uh, well, it'll be a year here pretty soon that we've been off the road. So, I mean, we, I think that's still a viable way to get training out to people, although we certainly all learned different ways of doing it and we're, we're coping with the situation at hand. But yeah, I think everybody would like to, you know, get in front of uh, people and sit down for dinner and stuff like that. So. So with, uh, you know, COVID-19 and the shit show that was 2020, one thing that is exciting that has come out of this is Shop Talk with Hot Rod. Yeah, there you it's go. A, it's a, a webinar. We did a few of these last year. Mm-hmm. It's a webinar uh, with Kalefi. Mechanical Hub and Kalefi have partnered together to uh, put this on as a, a was a weekly webinar. I think it's going to be monthly. Is that right? Hot yeah. Rod? Yeah. It's a lot to pull together once a week, but monthly yeah. I think is going to, going to be our, our next uh, go at it. So we are going to introduce that on January 25th. Mm-hmm. Is that right guys? That's correct. 630 <laughs> central time. Yeah. And it's got a little new twist to it. And we're really excited about that. 
Hot Rod was the host last time, but his son, Max, of course, he's going to be on the show. And Eric Awney will be joining the show. Hey, Max, why don't you kind of talk about the kind of the new format and and maybe episode one that's coming out? Sure. So the first episode is going to be called uh, The Color of Heat. So we're going to talk about some thermal imaging stuff in the the first half. So my dad will kind of do that and it'll be a similar format to last year. And then in the second part of the show, uh, what we wanted to do is throughout the industry, when I've worked at the wholesale and the rep level, there are a couple like debates that come up that don't ever have just a yes or no answer. <laughs> Things like, should you turn off the autofill valve or should you leave it open? Mm-hmm. That you will find people that will argue just like to the death that you should do it one way or the other and there's not a perfect answer. So we thought, well, why don't we kind of hash out some of those arguments in a debate format uh, on the show. And then we can even have a, uh, you know, people do a poll at the end and we can even vote and see who the winner was. Uh, and we thought that would be a nice way to kind of bring back that, like arguing on the, the hood of a, a truck about the way you should use zone pumps or zone valves or something like that into this same format. So that's kind of the idea uh, to have some back and forth and, and see if we can find some common ground, but really they're, trying to find uh, questions that that have no perfect answer and people that are passionate about side A or side B is is the general concept of the the second half. Okay. So so, so John it sounds like it's a Hamilton style duel with Max and Eric and uh, the best man win and we'll inform Heather Eric's wife afterwards <laughs> and Yes. Yep. Yeah. The uh, all singing and dancing. I was thinking more of like a cage match where they get in in their onesies and. um, Yeah, and it was all intended to you know mix up the online training. People don't want to just see slides in front of them on a screen. You know, that's I think John, you came up with the idea of the shop talk originally. You know, can you be in your shop doing something on the camera instead of just uh, you know you see a little bit of that on Instagram now? But we wanted to you know. Uh, involve a product or a concept or something like that instead of just freewheeling with it so that's what uh we've been trying to put together some topics that we think will be interesting and and i think a a time you know a day that people can uh can easily get to and watch and of course they're always recorded so they can view them later but uh, yeah we're just you know trying to mix it up trying to find fun and interesting ways to keep people engaged and uh and learning so Bob, you'll have a lot of live demos like you did last year. Yeah, everyone's going to have live demos, and I've got some of them in the can already that we filmed. And uh, uh, yeah, everyone—that's that, the whole thing. A shop talk. The theory was it was going to be in my shop where I'm just walking around or sitting at the workbench or something like that, and taking something apart or demonstrating, you know, how to uh, you know build something or adjust something, or in this case, you know, how we've used a thermal camera over the years for for different applications. I've got some pictures on there that go back to some of the first RPA events that we did with some of this stuff that I, that I've kept all these years. So it's going to cover a a pretty good spectrum of uh, that color of heat is what we call it because we're just showing, you know, actually pictures of it. That'll be Monday, Mm -hmm. January 25th, 630 central. And we will make sure all of our audience is aware and how they can sign up um, through through Kalefi. So can, be, John, I will say if you go to our website now, uh, either mechanicalhub.com or if you get our newsletters, uh, you'll probably see ads or promotions. You can click on that and it directs people to the registration page. I, I did see Hot Rod and a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> yeah. If he was auditioning for Yellowstone or uh, one of those shows. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes the marketing gals get involved and things kind of go off the rails a little bit as far as the, the image. But uh, 
I would do whatever it takes. I won't put on like a donkey costume, but a cowboy <laughs> hat I could do. But we we sent a, <laughs> I sent a text message to my dad. I was like, "Do you have a cowboy hat that we could try?" Uh, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that." And then like 15 minutes later, I get a, a text back that's just a picture of three or four different cowboy hats to select from. And I was like, "All right, yeah, I think I think he's on board for this." So yeah, it'll be fun. And uh, make sure you log in live because then you can vote on the the winner of the showdown. So that'll be kind of a, an audience uh, picks the winner thing at the end, which will be a, a cool piece of it. And this Bigger. is breaking news, Max. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, just, no. I just heard back from FLIR, the company that makes the thermal imaging equipment and products. Yeah. They are willing to give away one of those oh. to a lucky winner. It's another uh, reason to register. Yeah, that'll exactly. be great. And the uh, I think between my dad and Eric too, they've got great tips for kind of specifically to our industry, how you use the thermal camera. Now you can really save a lot of time troubleshooting. So that'll be really good. And I think that the, I mean, this year, especially or last year with COVID, everybody jumped on the the webinar train and this'll be the 12th year that uh, Kalefi has been doing coffee with Kalefi. Uh, but everybody's kind of doing that format now. So we still have great content with that, you know, formal lunch and learn one hour, but we knew that we had to keep kind of doing different formats as well to, to stay ahead of the pack with that because uh, it's, it's very webinar fatigue uh, atmosphere out there. And a lot of people are saying, yeah, we'll do 15 minutes, we'll do 20 minutes, but uh, we don't want to do the, you know, the full hour long webinar anymore. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the coffee with Kalefi, you know, numbers have been great. So I think that the, the track record has, has helped us there that we kind of got some of the learning curve stuff down 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, uh, pan- pandemic or not, I mean, Kalefi has been a leader in the training side of the industry. Um, like you had mentioned, coffee with Kalefi, uh, the hydronic issues that um, I know you work closely with John Siegenthaler on. Um, those are very, very handy and educational for the the end user and the contractor, engineer, things like that. So I know yeah, you guys actually, are very instrumental be- in the training. It'll be this week, I guess, when the the podcast airs that the contemporary uh, hydronic uh, cooling for commercial buildings will start shipping that hydronics issue and it'll be available uh, as a a digital version, kind of a smart digital format that we started doing on the website too. Mm -hmm. Thinking about that flare camera, you know, you can use that to detect if somebody's got a fever and might have COVID coming on. Pulling at their forehead. So everybody's going to want to win that and just use it on their family every night and their pets and stuff to see if they're getting sick or have arthritis or something. Maybe if they're going to pick up the coffee at Starbucks or just keep driving when they get to the window. Yeah. Right. So the shop talk showdown is taking place on January 25th. And for those of us probably may or may not be aware, that would have been the first day of AHR expo 2021, but there is no AHR expo 2021 this year. But I would be remiss if I didn't congratulate Kalefi on being a 2021 Innovation Award winner for the uh, Engo Mix thermostatic mixing valve. So yeah, congratulations. Thanks. thanks for that. We've entered a couple different years, but this will be our first win. So that way, unfortunately, we won't be able to celebrate it in person. But we're certainly uh, proud of that award and, and thankful to have received it this year. So we'll, we'll get some mileage out of it somehow. It's been a fun product for us, too, to just see how contractors have uh, jumped on it. And uh, Eric specifically, too, he Mm -hmm. posts videos of him using that uh, angle mix valve to kind of show how he can do the transition from NPT to 
sweat or press or you know pecs or whatever so uh we're we're pretty proud of that product and it's fun to get the the recognition from hr even if it is uh virtual this year <laughs> yeah well we'll do our part to give you a you know a hand clap and a you know congratulations thanks yeah and it'll be i mean it'll be interesting to see where trade shows go from here too that this next set of shows that'll happen at the end of this year. And then Ashray that will be a year from now, I guess. Uh, I don't know what that's going to look like yet. And I don't know to what extent it goes back to normal. It'll be in Las Vegas again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that just business as usual or, you know, how do you stay ahead of that? It'll be, it'll be a very, uh, very telling uh, thing. That first big trade show, I think to see if it's everybody's back uh, or if the pivot to digital is something that is, is really going to be, uh, long-standing in the new norm. Mm-hmm. Well, John and I were talking on with Eric on Monday. We've got a couple trade shows that are still on the books for 2021. We've got the wet show in Indianapolis in late June, and then the PHCC show in Kansas City in October. Whether or not we attend, we're not. We're still debating that. Um, I'm hopeful that we will, but you know, those might not come to fruition depending on what goes on. But uh, yeah, I, I think 20. 22 with the Asher and AHR show is the first really big show that we'll probably all attend together. The uh, silver lining is the vaccine is being distributed and rolled out. And at the rate they're doing it now, we should be back to normal by 2024 is what I read. So that's good. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's just a, it's a different landscape. And for what we do right now too, that instead of flying all over the place and going to visit, you know, engineers in their offices and sitting down and getting, you know, 20 people to come in and hear you talk for, for an hour, uh, those people may not be in offices when we start going back to, to work as, as normal, they may still be at home offices and the, the webinar concept may be something that just is a better fit to get in front of a lot of people. Even if you could physically go to their office, you know, if they start downsizing office spaces because people like working from home or because they don't want to pay rent in San Francisco anymore for a bunch of engineers or whatever the case is. So I think that some of that has just really accelerated the way that we have to get in front of our, our customers to this new virtual world. And it's a, it's a whole new problem to solve, but I think that it's, it's not going to go back to completely, you know, 2019 normal anytime soon. Well, there's no doubt that the terminology zoom and teams took a whole new, uh, it became a whole new word in the way we describe uh, what we did in 2020. There's no doubt. (laughs) Good point. I think that if there was just a, can you use Zoom question to all of the United States of America in 2018, it would have been a very low percentage. And now it's got to be a huge percentage of people that know how to log in and unmute themselves and turn their camera on. And like all the, that wow. IT stuff just became so normal for everybody. You say that, that but have you watched those progressive insurance ads on television where the guy's like trying to tell the old people how to do things? Okay, today we're going to open a PDF. And now, oh, God, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. I, don't I love those commercials. Oh, those are great. I mean, they hit right on the, the technology these days. Some, some of those are just crazy. Yeah, but the biggest thing I learned for Zoom calls in 2020 is make sure you're fully clothed. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Just a little tip for you guys. Yeah, don't set your camera down on your crotch or anything. <laughs> Work, work up top, party down below. Yeah, there you go. But, but going back to trade shows, I mean, I, I, you know, we've talked about this many times on previous podcasts, but, you know, we do miss the in-person, the connectivity with people. I guess the only thing I would see is companies that have to travel overseas may be doing less of that with 
um, you know, the Zoom technology and oh, be yeah. able to, to to go on these these calls through uh, your camera instead of being there and spending all that money and time to get over there. So. Yeah, we just had yeah. a rough meeting yesterday, and we had people from Italy. What we have six or so people from Italy. It was, I mean, it, the sound was like they were standing right next to you. The sound was perfect. You could see their picture. You could see what was in the back of their room and stuff. It was almost like being there. I mean, as good as you can get over the the wires or whatever. However, it transfers over there. Yeah, and I think that the you know, just the party atmosphere of getting to you know see all your friends and i mean that's when i usually see you guys at the hub is at the trade shows if we don't Mm -hmm. you know run into you anywhere else in the the year so some of that face-to-face thing is kind of the highlight of a trade show for me is just to be able to in a day see you know the 20 people that that you may or may not talk to on the phone you know once a month or something like that in between uh, so that's really hard to replicate and i think that that for me is kind of the value of the show uh, but as far as the the normal way to launch a new product or uh, the the cost of going to a trade show or something like that i think that everybody's kind of looking at that now and and figuring out how they want to approach those shows so they don't miss out on that you know handshaking and you know catching up with everybody but don't overspend on something that might be a completely different uh, you know, show or landscape now. I've got some trivia for you guys. Do you know who gave me my first writing opportunity? And it was probably like 2011 in a trade magazine. Well, I think I know this answer because you've told me. <laughs> um, Tim, do you I, think, I think it was, well, Tim, go ahead. I, I'm not, I've got an inkling, but I'm not sure. I think it was me. It was. Yep. So (laughs) I will uh, always be grateful for that. So I, at one point wrote an article and it was probably like 800 words or something like that. And I sent it to John and I was like, Hey John, what do you think? Is this cool? And then one of my coworkers, when I worked at able distributors just came by and dropped off a magazine folded open to that page that my article was in. So that was always a really uh, cool thing for me. Uh, And yeah, wanted to say thank you on the, the podcast for that. There wasn't uh that wasn't the article you had some psycho like oh, oh no or... that was a couple years later that I got the my uh hate mail uh letter <laughs> and that was that was probably 2000 words of uh of strongly worded critique about my uh, <laughs> article. Well, they they always say like you, you know as a trade journalist or maybe just a journalist or a writer in general is you haven't made it until you get that <laughs> piece of hate mail or yeah yeah, I guess so. It uh, it's an odd, it's an odd email to have saved in my uh, hard drive for sure. <laughs> I think Ellen got one years ago, John. Some lady said, "Oh, you're just ripping people off with that formula that you're using, stuff like that, and what a crook and disgrace to the industry." And then a couple of years later, we see in the magazine she's in jail for for fraud from embezzling from her company. Oh. So, oh. funny how money does that to people, you know? Well, uh, projected, uh, yeah. Anger. Well, hopefully come the 25th when we have the showdown, we'll have some good viewpoints from the audience that's online watching and we'll get some feedback from them and engagement with them as uh, both uh, Max and Eric uh, give their viewpoints. Well, and, and that's the win for us, Tim, is we want engagement. We want people to raise their hand or, you know, we can open the mic and we can actually let them talk and stuff like that. We'll have enough people on the back end to do that or they can raise their hand and type in a question. So. And if you want to, you know, if you at your shop always argue about, uh, you know, condensing or non-condensing boilers or something like that that might be a fun topic for us to do so that's part of this too is that we want it to be uh kind of ripped from the the shop 
topics as well, not something that's just a, uh, you know, overly formal or whatever. We want this to be kind of arguments that are ongoing. As we move along through the, the shop talk, we can even ask the audience what would be a good topic that they kind of sure. see every day as yeah. something that they want to talk about. Well, as Bob said, it's going to be a monthly program mm -hmm. with uh, both Mechanical Hub and Cluffy. So uh, we look forward to it. It's um, going to be a good, fun adventure. I just wanted to ask you, Hot Rod, you're in the process of moving to Utah. Yeah. And you said, I've talked to you in the past about this, but you've said that the, the closing date keeps getting pushed back. But the goal is to be in Utah um, in the same town as, or maybe not, as Max. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're close enough that we can drive over and help with, uh, you know, raising Luke and stuff. I mean, that was the whole motivation. I mean, I know Max always, Max was born in Utah, so he's always said someday he was going to move back there. And we didn't know that we would, but, you know, when a baby comes along, all of a sudden you, your priorities change a little bit. And we want to be back there kind of sharing in that. So that that's a goal somewhere around that Salt Lake area. But, uh, you know, once you make the decision to do that, and gosh, if you could see what I have in my shop to move, I must have 30,000 pounds of metal that I've got to somehow get from A to B. So it's a big, it's a big move for us, but um, you know, it can't happen soon enough. Once you made the, your mind that you're going to do it, now you just want it to, to happen. And unfortunately people buying our property, waiting for somebody to buy their property, they've got an SBA loan. That's just dragging out forever. So it's, it's, you know, it's kind of out of our, our hands, but uh, yeah, mm -hmm. every day we get up and is this the day that we get the call? Yeah. Yeah. And Ellen's able to do, what she does from Utah or Missouri, correct? Oh yeah. I mean, all of us are working virtually and can and could, even if the, you know, the thing didn't open up for another two years, we could all carry on. We don't want to necessarily, but certainly uh, we've learned how to do it and we can do it and, and we'll do it if we have to, but um, she's in the same boat, you know, she goes to the wet show and she's been a speaker there and stuff. Mm -hmm, so she, mm -hmm. she would like to do that again, but uh, you know, hopefully it happens for that, for her business too. But um and Salt Lake is just a much more fun airport to fly across the country. <laughs> you can take a direct flight a lot of places uh, from Salt Lake and not so many places from Springfield, Missouri. So yeah. that'll be easier, I think, for all of us to just not have as many connecting flights and things. And I know that my dad is also excited about kind of reviving his uh, his early ski bum days and getting to go back up to snowbird and, and ski and stuff like that. We went up when we were looking at properties uh, for uh, the house that we bought, uh, went up to snowbird and we were walking around and my dad was like looking around on the concrete and it's like what are you doing oh i carved my initials in the concrete when you were what 18 or 19 or something like that when you worked at snowbird so we were yeah. that. so oh. i think that that'll be kind of a fun uh, return for both of my parents as well yeah. did you ever find it I didn't. I mean, it's, it changes so much in however many years that's been, but I worked up at Snowbird for four years and I, I did when they were building Snowbird actually. And every time we poured concrete anywhere on the mountain there, I, you know, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to, but I would carve my initials in it somewhere. So I was just kind of, when we're walking around, seeing if I could uh, still find those, uh, those patches of concrete that I carved my initials into. That's an area of the country. I, I don't know very well. I flown in Salt Lake couple times but my wife and i love southwest utah oh yeah uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, uh, moab in that area cedar or cedar city that area it's gorgeous down there the billboards when you drove into uh, utah years ago used to say a pretty great state and you know it was kind of a play on that pretty great state but it really is a pretty state i mean a lot of a lot of things to see and do in, in all corners of the state so yeah when we're out there we'll have to get together and go down and bark at the moon somewhere in the canyons <laughs> yeah well i'm looking forward to Kalefi west <laughs> john you're looking forward to Kalefi east is what you're looking for 
that trip to Italy. Cleffy Cleffy Italy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Cleffy. Across the pond. Yeah. There you go. Well, it'll happen one of these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to it. I actually just found out my my plane voucher is till the end of 2022, so I got some time to decide. Oh, they moved it? That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's an incredible factory. I mean, it's um, it's just really like space age production, uh, and the attention to detail for things actually not only like working perfectly, but also being attractive is really interesting. I've never seen another company that will, you know, the owner of the company will go down and look at a new product and say, you know, this, this Kalefi logo isn't, this doesn't look nice enough. We need to find a way to machine away the top layer there. So it's, you know, nice and shiny brass on the Kalefi logo or stuff like that, that like wouldn't even occur to you because it doesn't Mm -hmm. affect the, the performance. It's just as an an additional level of detail that they're really good at. And that's something that I always uh, thought was fun and (laughs) is, cool to show off hey man as long as sergio's there um there you yeah. go <laughs> yeah and they're very fun just a very entertaining group and they they know how to bring a crowd over and uh, have fun so well tim i i know we have that last question if you wanted to ask it whenever john and i do our podcast we always ask our guests when was the last time you said today's a great day so max hot rod when was the last time you said today's a great day I would say today. I mean, I I love where we are. It's been really fun getting to, you know, watch my daughter grow up every day where I would have been, you know, initially I would have been going to work five days a week and wouldn't have seen her except to pick her up and drop her off from daycare. So that's been incredible. I love living in Utah again. It's uh, all things considered. We, you know, we've been healthy and that's been good, but yeah, I, I love what we're doing. I love what I'm doing for work and it's been a good time. So fingers crossed. I would say work-wise or life-wise, I mean, every day is a great day for me. Every day that I'm still breathing in and out is a great day. <laughs> I guess we could all say that, but, you know, weather-wise, some days not a great day. But yeah, I mean, I, I love what I do. I love the company I work for and the, and the people I get to talk to like you folks and get in front of. So, I, I mean, how can, and get paid for doing it. How can you not love that? I mean. Well, I, I, I would like to say thanks again for everything you've done with us uh, over the eight, nine years that Mechanical Hubs had a really strong working relationship with Kalefi and obviously Hot Rod and Max. We've known you guys for quite some time, so thank you. But next Monday, January 25th, 630, the Shop Talk Showdown starts. So we hope that our audience uh, goes to register and shows up and enjoys what uh, we're doing with Cleffy and as both Max and Bob and uh, myself and John said, become engaged, uh, ask questions. Um, it, that's going to be the critical part of the uh, show itself. And the love goes both ways. You know, everything that you do for the industry uh, just shines brightly on all of us. So, you know, I know a lot of people are down in the media these days, but as far as our industry goes, we'd be nowhere without the media. I mean, this is how we communicate these days and this is how we uh, stay a viable industry. So thanks for everything that you do to, to keep that uh, moving forward on a positive note. You guys have really been instrumental in kind of getting the, the trades in front of uh, the Instagram crowd because they're going to be the ones you know, turning the, the wrenches and designing the systems in, you know, five years or whatever. So as Tim mentioned, um, you know, we're thankful for the the relationship we have with Kalefi, but in addition to that, I'm just thankful and we all are of, you know, the the family friendship that you guys have made and we've created together. So, you know, other than the professional side, we do cherish the, you know, the friendship with each other, you know, Hot Rod and I talk almost like once a week and just, you know, shoot the shit. But um, yeah, you want to share the the nickname that my wife gave you? 
<laughs> too sensitive. I think she gave it to you. It was no, the shucker. No, no. The shucker. The shucker. But she, says, she says it with a, a better, kind of like Elmer Fudd type of voice. Hey, how's the shucker doing today? <laughs> I don't know how that came about, but I'm pretty sure it was for you. Uh, we'll have to ask her on the next uh, time we get her on or something. But I, I thought it was for you. <laughs> but anyway. Yours now. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Again, next uh, Monday, 630, uh, Shop Talk Showdown. It's going to be kick-ass. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Thanks. The Not Dead Yet podcast is powered by Mechanical Up Media and produced by John Masonbrink and Tim Ward. It is edited by John Masonbrink. Music presented by Jason Drum. And graphics furnished by Wayne Rowe. Thanks for listening, and until next week. <laughs>